Hey y'all, it's Lens. I am back in my laundry room studio where I belong. <laughs> and um, unfortunately, I'm sharing this studio with a very annoying moth who somehow made their way in here um, and is now being very attracted to the cute little light I have burning over my computer. But I am, I have, well, I'm going to start, I have to start by telling, telling y'all a silly admission. It's a silly, it's not quite a story, but it's more like an admission. So it's been, um, what, a month since I podcasted last? Um, episode 33 was with my brother, who, um, is one of the original producers of this show. And, um, I got a lot of good feedback from y'all, um, saying that you enjoyed meeting, quote unquote, meeting him. And he and I have already talked a little bit about, um, what we're going to do the next time we sit down to podcast together. But for the last month, I was not purposefully, um, avoiding the microphone. What happened was I lost my notebook (laughs) that has all of my podcasting notes in it. So, when I got the idea to start the podcast, I did like what white girls do, and I bought a journal, and it's pink, and it's got a gold spiral, and um, it says daydreams on the front of it. <laughs> so cheesy. I really didn't pick it because it was pink and said daydreams. I really just liked that it was spiral bound, and then it has this cool feature inside of it. Oh my goodness. I've lost it again. I didn't bring it in here with me. Oh my word. But it has this cool, it's an, it's a, it's lined. Each of the pages is lined and it's like college ruled. So I like that because I, I like having a lot of lines on each, each page. Um, otherwise I write really big and I waste a lot of space. But at the very top of the page, it has this cool graphic where the top row is all the months of the year, the abbreviations for the months of the year. And then the bottom row is numbers one through 31. And so to, to notate what date you're writing on that page, whatever, you know, you're taking notes or whatever, you circle the month and then the date. I just thought that was so cool. I just really thought that set, that set it apart. And so I was like, this is, this is where I'm going to write down all my ideas that I have for podcasting. So that's what I've been doing. So when I get an idea, um, I go to the page, I go to, go to a new page, circle the month, circle the date, flush out all my ideas. And, um, anyway, I lost it, lost my notebook. (laughs) So, so, uh, for the last month I've been kind of like, keep continuing to hope that I'll find it. Right. And then I never did. And so basically I just gave up, I gave up hope that I would ever find it. And so, um, two days ago I started planning this episode, um, and collecting some like materials. And I have like, I found a little crappy little notepad, like a little flip, flip thingy, like what you would, like a little tear off, you know, not like post-its, but just where you need to write yourself a quick little note. And wrote some notes in there, and then I printed a graphic to remind me of what I was going to talk about. And I pulled that off the printer, and then I have, like, a photo saved on my phone. And so I was feeling, like, kind of flustered, but you know what? I'm just, I'm like, I'm just going to do it. And so right before I came in here to get my computer hooked up and my 
microphone plugged in and check my sound and do all the things that I do, I went looking for a pen and the pen that I found was in a basket and guess what was in the basket? Yeah, my notebook, my notebook that I lost. So the, <laughs> the ironic, especially well-timed irony of the fact that I found my notebook in this basket is that this basket is where I keep all of my teacher manuals <laughs> for our homeschooling curriculum that we use. So what better segue into tonight's topic than to say, oh my word, do you hear that? My husband is like throwing dishes around in the kitchen, um, which I love. Don't get me wrong. I love that he does the dishes. So like rock on, throw those dishes. Perfect segue to the fact that I found my podcasting notebook in my teacher supply basket because tonight I'm going to talk about homeschooling. So before I do that, I just want to, again, say thank you for being here. I know a lot of you that are listening aren't homeschoolers. Some of you may have children at home. Some of you may not. Some of you may have already gone through all of those years and be done with all of that mess. But probably all of you, the one thing that you guys probably all have in common is that I bet all of you know someone who right now in the middle of all this Corona mess is trying to figure out what to do about school going back in the fall. So not everyone around the country has been given, um, like the decision handed down from the local school boards, um, or private schools or made their own decisions or whatever. So this episode is going to specifically address homeschooling as it relates to just the very tiny slice of wisdom that I might have to share um, for anybody who is facing um, kind of like a crazy weird school year. Maybe they just finished up a crazy weird school year and now it looks like we're going to be headed into another one. So if that doesn't apply to you, hopefully you'll still find something interesting out of what I have to say. But even more importantly, if you think what I say tonight has any um, like usefulness, maybe just consider passing the link for this episode or um, going into your podcast app and screenshotting it and sending it to some person that you know who is in the middle of trying to navigate this whole education in the midst of Corona thing. So that's where I'm going to go with this tonight. So what I, what I wanted to do was rather than, so I, I wanted to, and I intend to again sometime in the future, talk about homeschooling as far as just like very specifically what I do for homeschooling. Um, like talk about the curriculum I use because I really, I really, really love it. And so I totally intend to do that at a future time, but For this time in particular, I wanted to kind of take some of the stuff that I've learned as a homeschooler and turn it, like, kind of flip it around and give a little, like, gosh, I don't know how to describe this. I mean, I guess it's advice. Okay, it's unsolicited advice. That's what it is. (laughs) Let me get a sip of my liquid courage here before I start dishing out unsolicited advice. I'm drinking a... IPA. (laughs) So this ought to get me in the, in the zone. All right. That's what I'm going to say. I'm just going to call this unsolicited advice about education. So 
most people with kids in school experience something completely unlike any of the other years. When in March, in our person, like in our local county, they closed the schools on March 15th or 16th. I think it was the 16th. Um, I know March 13th was a Friday and that was the last day that my kids had swim team practice because after that, over the weekend was when all of the school closures started and all of the everything closures started. So March 13th is forever burned into my memory as the day that um, like our world shut down. So since the beginning of March or starting in the beginning of March, school shut down. And at that point, from that point in time, kids were at home or wherever school was closed and then they kind of slowly had to figure out, okay, how are we going to do this? How are we going to finish the school year? And I guess basically, I mean, I, I don't know of anywhere that didn't just close, send the kids home and say, okay, we'll figure out some form of distance learning for the rest of this year. So that was March. Well, then now we are almost to the end of the summer. And from talking with my friends who I have a large group of online friends that I've been friends with for almost 13 years. And um, I know I've mentioned them before because Nazarene is one of them. She's one of the OG online moms that became one of my in real life friends. But um, so we're spread out all over the country. And the reports I'm hearing back about what people's school systems are planning on doing are, they range the full spectrum. Some have just delayed the start of school hoping to make a decision after they have a few more weeks. Um, Some are going to start fully online. Some are starting with a hybrid version of being in the classroom, sometimes distance learning other times. Some like our local county um, gave, made the decision or gave the decision to the parents that they could choose either 100% in person or they could choose 100% online, but they couldn't, there's no hybrid option. There's no two days in the building, three days at home or anything like that. You had to pick either in person or online. And so, um, listening to my local friends talk about how difficult that decision, like coming to a decision was, is really what got my mind turning about doing this episode because several of them were asking me, you know, what about this? And what about, you know, how does homeschooling work? You know, should I, should I do the distance learning option? Should I just straight homeschool? Like if they're just going to be home, you know, should I commit to doing what the school system wants me to do or should I? And so I was being asked for, um, input and it got me thinking, this has to be one of the most difficult decisions that people have had to make because I mean, I was a teacher. I didn't really think twice, really, honestly, until I started staying home and then starting, like started exploring the option of, well, I'm already at home and I am a teacher. So I guess I could homeschool and then meeting some homeschool moms and getting them to tell me, um, kind of how it works for them. I mean, most parents and myself would have been included in this group of people. The assumption is there that you have kids and then, they're home with you for a time and then they go to school, you know, when they're five, they go to kindergarten and then there's 18 years or well, 13 years that when they're 18 is when their, um, first round of schooling ends. But basically this whole going to school thing 
has been, it's not been a question <laughs> ever <laughs> in, in, uh, my generation, in the history of my generation. I mean, none of us have ever experienced education, decision-making schooling during a pandemic. So that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. Now I realize I've managed to turn this intro into a 12 minute long, who knows what. So my apologies. Um, so I'm going to start by, um, like let's, let's flesh out a definition for what we're calling this schooling time period, because regardless of what you choose for your kids right now, none of it is normal. Okay. It wouldn't be normal for most families to, um, keep their kids at home and do distance learning, you know, like going to school on zoom is not normal. Um, even if they go in person, the things that are going to be going on in the school building for, um, you know, COVID risk, um, practices, that's not going to be normal. You're going to be looking at smaller class sizes, not changing classes as often. I'm hearing from some of my friends that they're saying that the, the districts are saying that there won't be any PE, there won't be any, um, what's it called? Recess. They'll have to eat lunch in their classrooms. I mean, any way you slice it, this is not going to be a normal school year. So it, this is not normal school. So we're not, so we can't call it by any of the normal terms. So the term I'm going to choose to use to talk about what this next school year is going to be like for everyone, I'm going to call it COVID schooling. And I didn't make that up. I read it on the internet somewhere and I liked it. So I co-opted it. Um, because that's really what is going to, this whole COVID situation is going to um, monopolize a lot of the decision making um, for the next year. So COVID schooling is not homeschooling. So that's why I'm saying like, this is just unsolicited advice about COVID schooling from a homeschool mom, former public school teacher, um, all of that business. Okay. So I want to start by reading you a Facebook post about this exact issue. Um, that's, that does a better job of summing up what I just said. So I probably should have just started with that. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. This was, uh, somebody shared it on Facebook. It's some lady named Julianne who made a, a public post on Facebook on Friday. Okay. And so I'm reading what Julianne wrote. Just so people are aware, what is about to happen across the U.S. is not homeschooling. Public school at home is not homeschooling. Sitting at home doing work and not socializing is not homeschooling. Even your seasoned homeschoolers will not be homeschooling like we normally do. So this is a homeschool mom. Usually our community is a bustling, vibrant, overscheduled, field trip attending, co-op planning, park day picnicking, hiking, volunteering hub. We won't be that this year. I know personally our co-op has moved online. Our field trips and season passes have all been canceled. We didn't even get a state park pass this year. There are no in-person game days, no park days. Even karate is online. We are just as discombobulated as public school parents. Our schools are also undergoing restructuring. So when you leave the homeschooling world and return to the public school world, don't take your options excuse me, don't take your opinions of the isolation and lack of socialization with that this year. I know personally, oh, sorry, where I lost my place. This, okay, and I'm going to read that again. So when you leave the homeschooling world and return to the public school world, don't take your opinions of the isolation and lack of socialization with you. 
This isn't normal. You aren't getting a true slice of homeschooling life. You are getting a slice of pandemic schooling life. They are not the same thing. So, lest you worry, this stood out to me because I thought, man, this is such a good perspective on it because, um, you know, you're probably thinking, oh man, this homeschool mom's going to sit down and give me all this unsolicited advice. She's going to tell me how to homeschool and she's going to tell me how to make it work. No, what I want to do is I want to tell you that we have common ground, which is that, oh my goodness, this stupid moth just landed on the computer. The kid's computer is right behind me. Moth, you are really tempting me. I don't want to hurt you, but this is really not going to work. Okay, I'm going to stick you in there. Okay, stay over there. It just landed on the, I have the kids school computers in here and it's a, it's a touch, oh, there goes the train. It's a touch screen monitor. (laughs) The moth landed on it and it woke it up. Okay. Sorry. This is terrible. Y'all, I'm sorry. This is terrible. Feel free to not donate to this episode. (laughs) This is going to be the episode that you like, I just, I just pled with you, please send this episode to anyone you know with a child at home. And now you're going to be like, oh, this girl cannot even get it together to stop talking about the moth in the room. Okay. Anyway, back to business. I loved this lady's perspective because as a homeschooling person, I hear, I get a lot of feedback from people where they'll say, oh my gosh, I just could never homeschool. You are just a saint. Like, I just don't have the patience for it. Okay. I'm here to tell you, um, no one has the patience for homeschooling. Literally no one. Okay. If you are under the impression that homeschool parents are some sort of different breed of parents, like we have some kind of special genetic component Um, that is not the case. Uh, It literally, it's just willpower. And, and everything that we do in life, every single thing we do in life requires willpower. Like it requires willpower for me to not pound an entire, um, bag of chips. Okay. So willpower is, is the secret weapon and we all have that. So a lot of people in this moment in time with COVID in the mix are being forced into doing something that they would not normally ever consider doing, right? And that, that is schooling their children to, to um, for some time period and to some, to some degree at home. And I'm, I count, if, you're, if you are a parent that has chosen to do like distance learning through your school system and they're going to provide, you know, the teachers are going to be making lesson plans and maybe they're delivering their, um, you know, maybe they're doing Zoom classes or they're having some kind of like online component where the teachers are delivering content to the kids and then they have to do work. Like I still can that still counts. You are still the gatekeeper, you know, that this kid does their work. So we have that in common and there's no special sauce that makes me any more capable of doing that um, just because I chose to homeschool. Okay. So please take heart. You can do it. (laughs) Um, but you should know ahead of time that it's not, this is not going to be a normal year for anyone. Homeschool parents are just as, um, like trepidatious, I guess. Like I'm feeling just as well. I guess it's not really fair to say just as much, but I am feeling a level of trepidation about the school year due to the fact that my normal homeschooling, routine 
is being massively disrupted by COVID. That includes things like, y'all, my library has not been open since last year. Okay. And that wasn't just because of COVID. Our library finally was going to get renovated. They were in the final stages of it before Christmas. And so they shut the library down for Christmas and they were like, okay, you know, hopefully we'll be done in like six weeks, eight weeks. Well, eight weeks went by, 10 weeks went by, 12 weeks went by, and then boom, COVID happened. My poor child has not been to the library since before her birthday in November. And she is a read like a five, five books a week kid. She has read every book in the house and she's on her second trip through the Nancy Drew series. That's how desperate she's getting. Okay. So this is not a normal year at all. I mean, it's not a meme to say that homeschoolers really depend on the library. Like we do. It's our, it's our, it's our turf. Okay. And so like, we don't have our turf and we don't have our friends doing our normal stuff that we do. Like everything that lady said in that Facebook post about, you know, park days and co-ops and stuff like that, it's all canceled. Like we're on an island. So that's not normal. Um, So I'm going into this school year also having to recognize that this is going to get messed up. Like these things are not, I can't rely on our usual stuff. So I'm, I'm having to take that um, into account as well. So this is where my, um, method that I've already been using. So I've already been utilizing this for the last, um, let's say my oldest is going into seventh grade. So this is going to be my eighth, ninth, this is going to be my ninth year with her doing her schooling because, um, I started her in kindergarten early, stupidly. (laughs) You always mess up so many things with your first kid. Um, even more so if you decide to homeschool them. Um, I started her in kindergarten early, so she actually did two years of kindergarten. Um, And then first grade, she started, like, at the normal time that she should have when she was six. So so we're going into our ninth year together. And this is how I kind of eat the elephant of homeschooling and planning for homeschooling. And this is how I think that everyone can eat the elephant coming this year and eating the elephant. Y'all have heard this before, right? Like how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Okay. So this is what has worked for me. This is where I'm giving you my unsolicited advice. I have, thanks to Miss Charlotte Mason, who in the turn of the 20th century, so that was the early 1900s, she um, made a name for herself in education in the UK. She was a private tutor uh, for a wealthy family And, um, that's how all, that's how uh, all kids sidebar. I'm going to take a little bunny trail. It was only about a hundred years ago that institutionalized school started. So for most of human history, children were schooled in the home. If you were wealthy, you had a private tutor, but if you weren't, um, you relied on whatever learning you had gotten. Maybe now you think of like little house on the prairie days. They had the little, the, they had like the county school that the kids went to in the morning. Okay. Um, but that's a one room schoolhouse is nothing like institutionalized schooling, like what we have now. So my point is that for the last, only in the last hundred years has this monolithic institutionalized school method become normal. Prior to that, all of human history, it was small group settings. It was most of the time in the home or at least in the very immediate community. Um, So in the early 1900s, one of the people that was coming 
into some renown in the education world in the UK was Miss Charlotte Mason. And um, she got to be known well enough as a great teacher, a very desirable tutor to have, um, that several families wanted her to school their children. And so she got together and she started her own school. And um, now my memory is failing me and I cannot remember what she called her school. Um, I'll try to remember to Google it after I stop this episode and I'll put it in the show notes. How about that? Uh, But Charlotte Mason is famous (laughs) in the homeschool and regular school world. And it's really just called the Charlotte Mason like method. When people talk about, you know, what kind of, what kind of school do you, what kind of schooling do you do? Are you like classical? Are you like Montessori or like Charlotte Mason? So it's, it really just goes by her name. So I discovered Charlotte Mason in the early years of homeschooling when basically, if you want the God's honest truth, um, all of the preparation that I had with my education degree was geared towards teaching in an institutional setting with large class numbers. Um, I spent more time learning about classroom management and how to write a lesson plan, how to differentiate instruction for a classroom with 30 kids. That's what you get from an education degree. No one actually teaches you how to teach. Um, That's why most people who end up teaching are just people who it just comes naturally to them because we don't have to be taught how to teach. Like we have to be taught how to manage a classroom, how to write a lesson plan, how to um, diagnose reading disorders, like those kind of things. Okay. So uh, when I started homeschooling my own children, most of what I had learned to do in the classroom didn't really apply to them because I didn't have 30 kids. I had one and then eventually I had two. Now I have three. Three kids does not hold a candle to 30 and it certainly doesn't hold a candle to having like seeing 120 kids in a day. So it's just a, it's just a completely different ball game as is what this school year is going to be for most kids, parents, teachers, everything. It's going to be completely new. Okay. So back to Miss Charlotte Mason. Miss Charlotte Mason came up with a motto and this was something that she used to kind of streamline all of her ideas about what education for kids should look like. Okay. This is what she came up with. It is the I am, I can, I ought, I will motto. Okay. Now, Charlotte Mason was religious. So her first point is that I am a child of God. And her point in making that the first point um, is that every child has worth and every child has value and every child is a child of God and they're all equally deserving of love, of care of education. Okay. So if the religious aspect of that, you know, isn't something you want to latch onto, just change it to, you know, I am a child of this family. I'm a child of the earth. I am a child of great worth. Okay. It doesn't matter. You can put anything with, but the whole point is that every child has value and they are worth their education. Okay. The next point I can, I can do all things basically. Because I am a child of great worth, I can do anything. Isn't this what we want our kids to believe about themselves? 
or any kid that you love, if not your own children, you know, think about your best friend's kids or your nieces and nephews or your grandkids. You want every child to believe that they can do anything. I know my parents really made me believe I could do anything, which was not great for my pride because I was extremely prideful. Like, I can do anything. I can do that if I wanted to. I just don't want to. (laughs) But... That is her next point, is that I can do all things. You could even insert um, kind of a a buzzwordy phrase that we hear these days in these modern times. Um, I can do hard things. Okay, that's definitely an element of, of this point. Okay, so we have I am a child of God or a child of great worth, whatever you want to put in there. I can do all things. The next point is I ought to do my best. That's where the willpower comes in, you know, or the, or maybe not, no, sorry, not the willpower. The, um, that's where the, um, um, conscience, conscience. There we go. You know, our conscience is what tells us what we ought to do. So I ought to do my best in anything. And the, the college that I went to, um, the building that I went to almost all of my classes in had a huge inscription on the top of the building that said, whether at work or play, do your best. It was one of the favorite sayings of the founder of our college. So this one really rings home for me because I heard that plenty of times um, and saw it almost every day. And then, okay, so we have I am, I can, I ought, and then the last point is I will choose right. So the willpower comes in at the end. So if you ought to do your best and that and your conscience tells you, then your willpower says I will choose right. Okay, so how does this help you COVID school? Okay, here's how it helps me homeschool. And I'm going to give you the, um, I'm going to pass the baton on how it can help you. So, um, there goes another train. My gosh, it's so busy out there. Um, if this is the first time, if, if a friend of yours sent you to this podcast because they thought I had something good to say, and you're hearing me talk about this train, I live about 75 yards from a train and, I used to podcast in my husband's office, which is on the front side of the house, which is the side of the house that faces the train. And when the train comes by and you're on the front side of the house, it's very loud. Well, right now I'm in my laundry room, which is on the back side of the house. So it's kind of muffled and quaint sounding. But I make a point to say, here comes the train, because one of my friends told me that she was listening to an early episode and I didn't say, here comes the train. And the train honked really loud. And she thought it was a car horn honking at her. And she said she almost got into a car accident. So I can only laugh because it didn't happen. All was all's well that ended well. But anyway, that's why I say, here comes the train. <laughs> all right. So how does Miss Charlotte Mason from 100 years ago telling us I am, I can, I ought, I will. How does that help us COVID school? All right. Here's how. Homeschooling involves a ton of decision making. All right. You have to 
pick your curriculum. You have to decide, am I going to do all of it? Am I going to pick and choose? Do I like everything? Am I going to substitute something? How many days a week are we going to do? How many hours a day are we going to do? Are we all going to sit down at the table together? Or is everybody going to go to a different room? Am I going to start with this? Am I going to start with that? Are we going to start early in the morning? Are we going to do it in the afternoon? It's just like constant decision making. Okay. And that's one of the things that I have definitely witnessed in my friends over the last several months with COVID in the mix, they're starting to get decision fatigue because there are so many decisions that have to be made. And right now with, um, you know, all of the news and the constant um, changing of the rules or changing of the recommendations, like every decision is starting to feel really high stakes. And most people put a very, very high value on education And so this whole decision of like, what are we going to do in the fall feels very high stakes. So it can make your mind kind of like explode. And these four points, I am, I can, I ought, I will, those can help bring that mind blown, exploding thought, massive energy. This can ground your decision making. Okay. So anytime a decision comes up as it relates to schooling, You can use these four points as your touchstone to help you make a decision. It's sort of like having a family motto or like a company slogan that directs, you know, if if your company slogan is the customer is always right, that is going to drive decision making within the company, right? So if I'll use Costco as an example, um, So Costco is like huge on customer satisfaction. So if there's something that I don't like about a product, I can bring back almost any product for almost any reason at almost any time. It doesn't matter how long it's been since I purchased it. I don't have to have my receipt. They just look it up with my Costco card. Y'all, I have legitimately, quote unquote, returned broccoli that I threw away. Okay. that's how customer satisfaction oriented they are. I went to the customer counter to return something I had like in my hand and they said, is there anything else I can help you with? And I said, yeah, man, that broccoli I got last time was so gross. I had to throw it out like two days after I got it. Normally my broccoli lasts way longer than that. And they said, oh, we can refund that for you. We're sorry that happened. They refunded me for broccoli that I'd thrown away. So when you have a motto or when you have a slogan, when you have a touchstone or a touch point, You can come back to that anytime you have to make a decision. Okay, so if the decision is, you know, do I send my kids to school or do I keep them home? Okay, you can go through these four bullet points and you can substitute anything for them and it will help you get to your decision. Okay, let's just work that out. Let's flesh that out. Should I send my kids to school in the fall in the school building. Okay. I am not that worried about my kids getting sick because coronavirus doesn't seem to be dangerous for children. I can be flexible. And if the plans have to change and they have to come home and do, um, distance learning again, because, um, there's an outbreak, I can come to terms with that. I ought to consider how it will affect other people if I send my kids to school. We might have to keep our distance from the grandparents for a while just to make sure that we're not bringing home any yucky germs or putting anybody else at risk. 
So with all of those things in mind, I will be able to make the decision to send them back to school because I've thought it through and I will be able to live with this decision. Okay. You see how easy that is? So it's kind of like those, um, what are those things you learn how to do before you take the SAT or uh, the ACT analogies? It's kind of like analogies. If that, then this, if this, then that. Okay. So let's say you've decided we're going to make the assumption that you've decided that the kids are going to stay at home. Now that might be distance learning. That might be, um, Zoom learning. Maybe it's just online learning. I don't, every, every school district has a different word that they're using for this, but I'm going to assume in order to give my best unsolicited advice that you've decided to do school at home this year. You're going to be COVID schooling from home, at least for some of the year. Maybe you're only going to try and make it till January. Maybe you're hoping Corona will die off by then and we can go back to normal or whatever. But I'm going to assume that your kids are staying home and they're going to be schooling at home in some degree. And you're not really sure how this is going to go. Okay. If you can use Charlotte's four points, anytime you come to a decision making minute, you will have this touchstone that you can come back to, you know, whether you're deciding, um, you know, when in the day should I homeschool? Okay. Here's let's, let's flesh that one out. Okay. When, when should I try and get these kids to do school? Okay. Let's see. I am not a morning person. I am not the type of person that wants to set an alarm. I can, after I have had a shower and breakfast and coffee, I can get my rearing gear. I ought to keep in mind that my children are masters of procrastination and it might take them longer to do things than I expect. So for all of those reasons, I will allow myself some grace to start the day at a reasonable time, not terribly early, but I will keep in mind that there's only so much time in every day and we're going to have to be diligent in order to get things done. See how easy that was? Isn't that fun? I love this. I could do this all night. Okay. But I'm not going to make you do this all night. Anyway, I wanted to give you those little things from Charlotte to help you um, start to train your mind. Okay. So I also, you know, just like she applied this to children, I'm going to apply this to you. Homeschooling, COVID schooling, distance schooling, online schooling, whatever, whatever you want to call yourself. COVID schooling parent. You are this child's parent. And by virtue of the fact that this child belongs to you, you are the best advocate and teacher for your child. You have been teaching this child since the moment they exited the womb. Okay. Whether you thought of it as being a teacher or not, that's what you've been doing this, this child's entire life. You've taught them how to eat, drink, walk, talk, Think, play, share, love, fight. Um, A lot of you have probably, without meaning to, taught your kid how to read. Like, 
you have taught them so, 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 so many things already. You are already their first and best teacher. So don't come at me with this whole like, I can't teach my kid. It's so hard. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You've already been doing it. Okay. Now you're just going to have to do it in a more direct way, a more purposeful way or a more structured way. Okay. I can do this. I can. That's all I have to say about that. You can do hard things. You do hard things all day, every day because you're an adult and adulting is hard. Even if you do it the odd way, (laughs) Uh, adulting is hard and you do it. So you can do this too. Okay. And furthermore, you don't have to do this forever. That's the other, that's another thing to keep in mind. This is something I learned when we lived overseas, when we were missionaries, they used to tell us you can do anything for a year. Like literally, you can live in the worst slum of India for a year. You can survive that. Okay. You can live in a, I lived in a country where I didn't speak the language for a year. So you can do anything for a year. You might not even have to do it for a full year if we get lucky. And, um, the world comes to its senses about all this stuff. And we figure this whole thing out. You might only have to do it till like Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, or you might love it and then you might do it forever. But even if you don't love it, you can do it. Okay. Now I ought to do my best. That totally relates, totally relates to homeschooling, COVID schooling, whatever. Okay. It is super easy to slack off as a homeschooling parent. Because you're the boss of you. Think about it. Any job you've ever had, if you know your boss is not going to come checking up on you, how easy is it to slack off? Super easy, right? So you ought to do your best. If you're going to do something, it's worth doing well, right? This is something I have to tell myself. Like literally my husband has never once come to me and been like, show me the lesson plans. Like, what are you planning for the kids' school year this year? He just 100% trusts me that I'm doing a good job. So I'm the only one to keep myself accountable really for all intents and purposes, not intensive purpose, not intensive purposes, by the way, intense and purposes. Now, if your kid is doing school through the school system, this will be easier for you because they will be checking up on you. You know, they will be like, what is that? thing, dojo, class dojo or whatever, like they'll be dojoing you and being like, yo, where's your kid's crap? How come you, how come you haven't turned anything in? Where's my, where's my screenshots of the whatever that they were supposed to do? Okay. So it won't even be that hard. If your kid is going through the school system, you will be forced to do a good job because there will be accountability. Now, if you decide to go rogue and homeschool it on your own, like I do and be the boss, you will have to be disciplined about it. Okay. So that's a spoiler alert for sure. But I believe in you. I believe that you will choose right. I believe that you have the ability to make the decision that is best for your family, even if it's not the same decision that other families are making, even if it's not the decision that your, your own family, like your extended family, you know, the grandparents or whoever, even if it's not the decision that other people would make for you, you have the ability to make the decision that is right for you. And that is your right. Cause this is going back to point number one, you are the parent of this child. So you are the boss at the end of the day. Okay. So take heart that you don't have to do this forever, but that your purpose, your 
Oh my goodness. Sorry. Per, uh, what the word, what the heck? What word am I trying to say? Perfectly. (laughs) Y'all, can you believe I used to be an English teacher? I don't even appear to have a command of the English language right now, but I actually was an English teacher and vocabulary was my favorite thing. Okay. You are perfectly capable of doing this. Whatever it is that you have to do in your, um, COVID schooling equation, you are perfectly capable of doing it. All right. Now that I have said all of that stuff, I'm going to give you a quick and dirty. This is like boom, 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 boom. This is like six. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. All right. That's my six tips, six quick tips of how to make the best of whatever COVID schooling situation you have chosen or will be choosing. Okay. Quick and dirty. I'm not, I'm going to try not to go too long on any of these. Number one, these are not normal times, period. So if you can retire what your quote unquote normal expectations would be, you will save yourself a lot of heartache and anxiety. Okay. Basically like the only rule this year is that there are no rules. So put your expectations to the side, put your memories of what school is normally like, put those on the back burner and just go with it. Okay. If you can just flow with life for this year, you will save yourself a lot of trouble. All right. Point number two, homeschooling is not school at home. There is no possible way that you will have enough material or patience or willpower to have your child's butt in a seat doing school from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Okay. Period. No, that is not what schooling at home looks like. Uh, you know, if you decide to go rogue and homeschool and not use whatever the school system is going to be sending out, you know, check your state guidelines and make sure that you're keeping it within the navigational buoys so that you're on the up and up. But it does not take one student the same amount of time that it takes for 30 students to do the same task. Okay, think of a classroom full of kids. They are not all working for the same amount of time. The reason that it takes you an hour to conduct one class is because you have 30 squirmy bodies in that room. Okay, it probably only takes 15 minutes really to do what you want to do, but it takes 60 because you have to get 30 different kids to do it and they have all of their own issues that are contributing to why it takes so long. So my state considers a school day to be four and a half hours of instruction. That is like the absolute maximum, max, max, max amount of time that I could ever imagine spending on school. And in fact, there are other people who have done, um, they have kind of figured out like what, what are the, um, realistic, um, amounts of time that a kid's attention span can even last. And here's what they say. Okay. Preschool, 15 to 30 minutes a day. Preschool is just fun and, and learning by playing. Okay. You cannot make a preschool or sit and do worksheets for two hours. So if your kid's in preschool, we're talking 15 to 30 minutes a day. Kindergarten, 30 minutes to one hour. First to second grade, 45 minutes to one and a half hours. And I'm talking, this is what I'm talking about when I'm giving you these amounts. You're going, oh my God, but your state says you have to teach for four and a half hours a day. No, my state says that they have to be doing educational things for four and a half hours a day. That does not mean that their butt is in a seat 
for four and a half hours a day. Okay. So a first to second grader, we're talking 45 minutes to one and a half hours of focused, sitting, working, pen to paper, direct instruction. Okay. The rest of the time can be spent doing other things that are still learning, but not but in a seat. Third to fourth grade, one and a half to three hours. Fifth to sixth grade, two and a half to three and a half hours. Seventh, and that can be like reading, okay? That, I mean, you're not sitting writing essays for three and a half hours a day. Seventh to eighth grade, three to four and a half hours. And high school could be anywhere between three and a half to six hours, depending on what their course load is like. Okay. If you have questions or concerns, just hit me up my email, oddlyadulting at gmail.com. I promise your kids will get enough education, even if they're not at school eight hours a day. All right. Next point, be true to yourself and your kids. Okay. If you know, you must know thyself. If you know that you are not a check the boxes, keep everything organized, run on a military schedule kind of mom, don't even attempt it. Don't even try it. Okay. Just decide ahead of time that you're going to be loosey goosey about it. And like whatever time you start, that's when you start. And whatever time you finish, that's when you finish. Don't commit yourself to something that you know does not mesh well with your personality or with your kids. I don't know if any of you saw this, but when the whole COVID thing started and all the kids got sent home, there was this thing going around that this mom had come up with a COVID-19 schedule, like daily schedule, and it was blocked off, you know, like 8.15, brush teeth, make your bed, you know, eat breakfast, 8.30, um, work on such and such for 30 minutes. It was like every minute of this person's day they had blocked out. Okay. How many people do you think that actually worked for? It was not a majority of people. I'll tell you that much. All right. Next dirty, quick and dirty point. Oh, this one is so important. This is, if you take anything away from what I've said in these 49 minutes, let this be the one. Okay. If it is a choice between preserving your relationship with your child, your loving parental relationship with your child, or getting the boxes checked for the school day or the assignments or whatever. Please, please, please choose your relationship every time. Okay. Every kid in our country is experiencing the same thing. They are experiencing a not normal school year. One school year of this weird COVID schooling is not going to put your kid behind for life. If your kid was on track to go to Harvard, they're still going to go to Harvard. If your kid was on track to be the best um, large machinery mechanic ever, (coughs) they're still going to be that. Okay, this one year of their education being disrupted is not going to ruin them for life. But this one year of your relationship being disrupted could cause problems that would last for a much longer time. So if it comes down to, if you're finding yourself super frustrated, if you guys are fighting, if there's tension, if there's frustration, just, just quit, just quit for the day. Just take a break. It's okay. It is okay. Always, always, always choose your relationship. Okay. Tomorrow is another day to quote Miss Scarlett O'Hara. Okay. Next point, And this goes along with the last point. Kids are resilient. All right. This one year of their school thing being disrupted is not going to ruin them for life. Okay. And even a bad day, like I just said before, like if you're having a bad day and you guys are screaming at each other, like just, just quit and start fresh the next day. Kids are resilient. They will forgive you. Everything will be okay. (coughs) 
<coughs> excuse me, not COVID. Next one, you are the boss. If something is not working, change it. If you hate what you picked, change it. This goes for if you picked online school and you're dying to send your kid back to school, call the school system up and find out what you have to do to get them back in there, okay? Or maybe you sent your kid to school and you're just panicked every single day. Every single day that they leave, you're just thinking, why did I do this? I'm just so nervous. I wish I could have kept them home. Change it. Call the school and find out what do I have to do to get them doing this at home, okay? If you go rogue and you go full homeschooling and you've made all these curriculum decisions and you pick something and you start it and you hate it and the idea of doing it every single day makes you want to, you know, end it, just end it. Just quit. Pick something new. Don't torture yourself. Okay. There's no, there's almost no decision in the whole world that is permanent. All right. And especially not in this, especially not specific to this scenario. If it is not working for you, you are the boss. You can change it. And I say that even if, I really truly mean that, even if you have chosen like distance learning for your kid and they're going to be learning and they're going to be doing like Zoom classes or they're going to be doing whatever, like if it is not working, make a change. Promise. Like call the teacher. Be like, listen, my kid is going bonkers. They cannot sit here and listen to you be the Charlie Brown teacher on zoom every day. I have got to, we have got to figure something else. Okay. Teachers are amazing. They are professionals. I'm not just saying that because I am one. Teachers are some are seriously, they are some of the most innovative and creative and resilient and selfless and it fill in the blank. They can handle it. Okay. So just work it out with them and do the best you can make Charlotte Mason proud. Like, we can do this. Okay. So I've already said 53 minutes of worth of things, half of which I can't even be proud of because it was me talking about a moth or whatever. But I, um, am really passionate about this topic as you might have picked up on. So this was just like a teaser. I am going to talk about homeschooling more. And if you're somebody who came here for the first time because um, someone told you, go listen to this because she's talking about COVID schooling and it might, you know, make you feel better or whatever, um, please feel free to find me. Everybody who's listened to the podcast before knows what I'm about to say. So this is not for them. This is for you. Please look me up. Um, You can find me at my website, which is oddlyadulting.com. You can email me directly through the email address oddlyadulting at gmail. You can find me on Instagram at oddly adulting. Send me a DM. Um, and if you really loved what I had to say, some people that listen to this podcast actually give me money to keep talking into the void. Isn't that crazy? Um, but I have a way to donate. If you go to my website, oddlyadulting.com, there is a um, menu option at the top for donate. You can do it through PayPal. Every dollar... Um, helps me keep the lights on over here. And, um, I have some projects I'm working on to be able to bring more guest speakers on. So it's not just me talking by myself half the time. Um, and so if you donate to me, um, your, your dollars might get used to make that possible in the future. So I would love to hear from you. If you listen to this, if whether you're an old listener or a new listener, old producer, new producer, whatever, Um, I would love to hear from you. Tell me how COVID schooling is going for you. Um, 
What hard decisions have you had to make? What things are you not sure about? What do you need encouragement on? I foresee this becoming, um, with the school year upon us, a topic that I could continue to check in with y'all about. So let's do that, shall we? Okay. I enjoyed talking about this. Oh my goodness. Sometimes I forget how much I enjoy talking about homeschooling and school in general. Um, actually I joined a book club a couple weeks ago and it's been an amazing, it's the hands down the best book club I've ever been in. Um, and we're having to meet via zoom because we live like all over the country. But, um, I, (laughs) I, there's another, well, there's several people in there that are educators, but there's one of them who she is, she's gone all the way to get her PhD. So she's like educator to the max. And I said something about like, I prefaced what I was about to say. I said something like, um, I'm, I just have something I want to say real quick. And she immediately hit in the comments. She goes, we all know that when Lindsay says it's going to be quick or brief, we know it won't be. And then she said, that's the curse of the educator. <laughs> I don't even know if she knows I have a podcast, but I'm sure it would not surprise her to find out that I just like talk to myself for an hour at a time. <laughs> anyway. If you're here, I'm extremely grateful, and I'm going to say what I always say at the end, which is that I love you, and Jesus does too. Intro music is by Kevin McLeod. Winner, winner. <laughs>